0: A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U-S-A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's
1: time for the General General Cigar Cigar Dave.
0: Dave. Dave.
1: Once again, I am loaded with ammo. Wait a minute, I can't say that. That is politically incorrect. No, I am... Are we? Do we care that we're politically incorrect? You know the answer to that. But I am loaded with show ammo, loaded with ample amounts of program material that we must get to from a celebrity being on the cover of a magazine getting trashed by his fans. Why? Because he has a cigar in hand. Some new cigars that are being released from Alec Bradley. A big ruling, interim ruling, from a judge about proposed cigar warning labels. Have some great emails from several listeners I will get to. Boris Johnson met with Vice President Mike Pence last week. Couldn't get to it. We've got some audio there. A plethora of material to get to, as always. Long-ass greetings and salutations. A long Ash snappy salute. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. As always, I come to you from Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City, your global five-star general and alpha male in chief. And once again, I am fired up. Oh, wait, can't say that. I'm loaded. Oh, can't say that. But we will anyway because, again, we are politically incorrect here. Tons to get to. A lot of items about Boeing. You know, we've been after Boeing for I don't know how many months, about their 737 MAX or the 737 crap, as I like to call it. Boeing had a big test of their new 777X. Their 777X didn't go so well. Did not go well, we will tell you about that. I've got four fantastic American whiskeys in front of me. Now, as we celebrate National Bourbon Heritage Month, This week, I'm going to take a little different tack. We normally do one libation during the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. But today, every half hour of the show, we have four half hours in the show, I will enjoy a different libation. So without further delay, I'm going to pull out in front of me. I have four libations that I will enjoy today. Let me give you the lineup. First up, from Maine Craft Distilling, I had the distinct privilege and pleasure of visiting Maincraft Distilling and spending uh, an afternoon with their founder as well as their uh, master distiller, Luke Davidson. We had a great time, spent an afternoon with him, sampled all their incredible spirits, but one that really grabbed me. It is the Maincraft Distilling 50 Stone Single Malt Highland Style Whiskey. Now, this is an American whiskey, but because they grow ample amounts of barley. Did not know that. In Maine, he decided he wasn't going to do a bourbon style, majority corn mash. He was going to do a scotch whiskey style American whiskey. So I will sample that to begin with. We also have the Maker's 46 from Maker's Mark, one of my favorites. From Jefferson's Bourbon, we have their Ocean Aged at Sea, their Voyage 17. And it's got an interesting ship's log story that we will tell you about a blend of straight bourbon whiskeys, very small batch that they put in barrels on a ship. And it travels around uh, the country or around the world in various ports of calls. And what happens is, as the whiskey sloshes in the barrel, you get some very unique taste components. So we will sample that. And then the last half hour, I will enjoy some Clyde Mays Alabama-style whiskey. Whether you're an Auburn fan or an Alabama fan, you will certainly agree that the Clyde Mays Alabama-style whiskey, most enjoyable. So we will enjoy that. So first up, let me grab my... Main Craft Distilling 50 Stone Highland Style Whiskey. Let me pour just a little bit in here. Mm, Just the aroma on this thing. Wow, incredible. Definitely very light little sweetness. You definitely get that barley. It smells very different than a regular bourbon style American whiskey. But these 50 Stone Whiskey, as I say, cheers. Wow, floor malted main grown barley. Definitely on the younger side, smoke with main peat, so very very peaty. Locally harvested seaweed, fifty stone pours, very nicely. Nice shade of amber, very light in color. Now I'm getting some notes of, mm, spice right off the bat. Definitely a little bit of that peatiness, a little smokiness, but not over the top. Some vanilla caramel. I would say also a little bit of clove in here. Very, very pleasant. It's very, very light and it's from Main Craft Distilling. And when I was up there, I wanted to grab a bottle. Luke wanted, the master distiller wanted to give me a bottle and he said, General, I have no bottles. Got nothing left. I will send you a bottle. And sure enough, about five weeks later, a bottle came in. As soon as he makes it, he ages it. It goes right out the door, and they have expanded. They also make some incredible gins. They've got two types of rum. They've got a Cuqueg spiced rum and a ration rum. Very interesting. They also have a white rum, but a very unique story. We have had Luke on uh, during uh, National Bourbon Heritage Month before. We will put a link at CigarDave.com and social media if you want to take a listen to it, but a very unique uh, spirit. Very enjoyable as I take another sip. All right, now, mm. boy, is that ever good. Very refreshing, nice peatiness, but not over the top. And it is 90 proof, forty percent, uh, 45% alcohol by volume. Distilled in Portland, Maine, beautiful spot of the country, especially in the summer. Cigar Aficionado, for the very first time, put on their cover a person below the age of 30. Most of their covers tend to be, I'm thinking they've had Arnold Schwarzenegger, they've had uh, Michael Jordan, they've had Winston Churchill. Just going through, most of these celebrities and people that are on the cover tend to be in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. So the very first time, apparently they must have found out that Nick Jonas. Now, I am not a Nick Jonas fan. In fact, I believe it's the Jonas Brothers is their band. I think he was on the Disney Channel at one time, but apparently a pretty famous uh, singer for those that like the teen type music in their teens, I guess, twenties. Sergeant Steve, do you listen if you, are you a Nick Jonas fan of the Jonas Brothers? I'm not a fan, but I know of them. Name a song. I don't even know a song. Um, their new one out is called "Sucker." Okay. Do you know any old ones that they have that they've had out? Uh, no, if I heard it. No, no, Wait a minute. You're looking it up. No, 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 no. no, no you no, can't. No. Actually, you, I'm not looking it up. I'm doing something else. Okay. The point being is, not a big Nick Jonas fan. I guess if you're a younger in the, in your teens, twenties, you're probably more of a Nick Jonas fan. But he's pretty popular, and apparently he is a cigar connoisseur. So for the very first time. Cigar Aficionado magazine put somebody below the age of 30. And on social media, Jonas shared the new cover of the magazine, writing, first person under 30 to hold a cigar on the cover of one of my favorite magazines. So pumped about this one. Thank you, Cigar Aficionado magazine. Apparently it's going to be on the uh, newsstands late this month. Well, is that the song?
0: Yes. Let me hear
1: it. Sergeant Steve, pump it up. We'll the weather.
0: Yeah. Heat in when you me. yeah,
1: there's no way in, on I've earth I'm ever going to become a Nick Jonas fan after listening to the, the first 20 seconds of that song. You, you can kill it. I've heard enough. But there are many people that do enjoy his music, and as what do I say? It's all personal preference. If you are a fan, great. If you're not, so be it. Long story short, he's on the cover. Well, immediately, a big, Backlash ensued from many of his fans. Some of the replies on his social media feed, gross and irresponsible as a singer and a human, raised knowing the health risks, but okay, said one of his social media followers. Another follower, since when is it an achievement to smoke under 30, sad. Another follower, what about your lungs? Another one, I love you, but smoking kills, and it would be smarter for you not to promote such a thing and make it look cool, because it's not. And they didn't say because, they use C-U-S. Because. It is because. Spell it appropriately. Apparently, spelling the additional five letters or whatever it is is too much. Well, it spilled over into The View. But before I, we start playing what the members of The View, mostly all unhappy dames on that show, let me address some of the comments. Gross and irresponsible as a singer and a human raised knowing the health risk, but okay. There is a big difference between cigars, cigarettes, smokeless tobacco, and now vaping. Cigars are enjoyed like fine wine. We don't smoke cigars every day. We don't smoke five, ten cigars a day. We're not running outside of a building when there's rain or snow or sleet or hail going to light up because we need a nicotine fix, that's not why we smoke cigars. Cigars are smoked for the taste, the aroma, the relaxation. We don't smoke cigars for the nicotine. If that were the case, if cigars were consumed for the nicotine, you would see people running off an airplane, lighting up a cigar. You'd see them outside of buildings, Going to light a cigar. You'd see them in smoking areas outside of public restaurants or hotels. Firing up a cigar does not happen. Another person says, when it is an achievement to smoke under 30, sad. Again, they don't know the difference because they are uneducated. They don't know the difference between cigars and other forms of tobacco. And here's another person, what about your lungs? Well, again, they don't understand the difference between cigars and cigarettes. You do not inhale cigars. Cigar smoke is like wine. You don't get the, the taste as it goes down your throat. You get it on the palate. You take a puff, you don't inhale, you let it out. That's where the nuances, the complexity is tasted and discovered on your palate, not down the throat, not in your lungs. Here's another one. I love you, but smoking kills. Please, let's not get melodramatic here with cigars. In fact, we know. The science proves it. Absolutely shows it. That the rates of disease amongst cigar smokers and non-smokers, and the average cigar smoker smokes one to two cigars per week. That is it. I think I saw a study it's something like 2.5 cigars per month. But it's very different than cigarettes. George Burns, over 100 years old he lives to. You look at many of the other celebrities. Milton Burl, noted comedian. I think it was well into his 90s. I look just here at people I know in the cigar industry. Stanford Newman, Frank Yaneza. They both pushed 90. They were above 90. They hit their 90th birthday. So the fact is, people that enjoy cigars in moderation, just like if you enjoy wine or a distilled spirit in moderation, it actually has a beneficial effect on your health. It keeps you relaxed. It's good for your blood pressure. I don't tell people you've never once heard me on this show in the 24 and a half years I've been conducting broadcast pleasure maneuvers. You have never once, never once heard me say, Go out and smoke cigars in mass quantities. Smoke 10, 20 cigars a day. In fact, when we would receive calls from somebody saying, hey, I smoke seven, eight cigars a day, my answer was, that is way too much. People in the cigar industry don't smoke seven, eight cigars a day. Everything in moderation. But once again, we have a public that is uninformed. All they see is Nick Jonas, singer, actor, celebrity, with a cigar in his hand. He enjoys a cigar. Now, I'm sure he doesn't smoke 10 cigars a day. I'm sure he enjoys it in moderation. What if he posed with a glass of wine or a cocktail? Would we have all these enemies of pleasure, all his fans saying, you're setting a bad example because you have a glass of wine in your hand. You're setting a bad example because you have a beer in your hand. This is the culture that we now live in. And people say, well... Those are vices you shouldn't have. I don't consider a cigar or a spirit or eating steak a vice. It's not. It's a pleasure. And when people say, "Oh, look, you know, I, I enjoy my wine. I got to have some vice," that's not a vice. That's being that's apologizing for a pleasurable activity that you enjoy. I don't apologize for enjoying cigars, for enjoying steaks, for enjoying spirits, for enjoying dames. I don't apologize for that. I would never refer to those things as vices. I remember I met somebody a while ago. We were out at a social function, several people at a party, and we started chit-chatting, and one of them mentioned that he enjoys the show. Even though he said, I don't smoke and I don't drink, and he's a vegetarian, I said, well, that's your right. No problem, I'm glad you enjoy the show. We tried, I specifically conduct this show to try to have something for everyone. We have many of you that listen that are not cigar connoisseurs. Many of you may not, be, may not consume spirits or alcoholic beverages. That's fine, too. Many of you may be vegans or vegetarians. That's not so fine. Just kidding. As long as you don't inflict your lifestyle on me and I don't on other people, I don't tell people, you should smoke cigars, you should eat meat, you should have a harem. I don't tell them that at all. What I say is let me allow myself to enjoy my life and make my own decisions, just like you can make your own decisions. So at this party, we start talking, and so somebody says, well, what's the show about? And I tell them it's the alpha male lifestyle. Tell them what we talk about, and of course, one of the guys looks and says, you are the man. I want to be like you. And then his wife nudges him and says, no, you're not going to be like that. At which point, the first thing I said was, this poor son of a bitch has got... Nad, his nads have been taken from him. He has been castrated. Oh, by the way, I have a, sh- a legit story about toxic femininity involving male castration. I kid you not. We'll get to that later on. But the first thing I said was, man, and this wife, what he was a good-looking guy. She was nothing to look at. Plain Jane, no makeup, no rack. I mean, just looked old. She was probably, she looked very matronly. I would say she was maybe early 40s, Looked like she was more like late 50s, early 60s. Just did not look good. And I, I kind of thought to myself, man, dump the wife. Get rid of her. She's nothing to look at. She's inhibiting your ability to enjoy your life. What the hell are you waiting for? Change wives. That's what I thought. I would have told the guy that later on too. But you could definitely tell. There was some major whipping going on there. But she says, that's disgusting. Cigars and spirits and all that steak. And I said... What's disgusting about it? Well, the smell is terrible. I said, no, actually, the smell, the aroma is fantastic. You clearly are not well-versed in good cigars. And then she said, well, all those spirits, that I, I don't believe in, in drinking. I'm not a big alcoholic uh, drinker. I said, great. I'm not telling anybody to go out and be an alcoholic. I'm just saying that these are life's pleasures, just like a steak, just like travel, gambling, dames. And the guy looks at me and says, you know, I think – You got me interested. I think I haven't had a cigar in ages. I'm gonna have a cigar, and uh, you know, wouldn't wouldn't mind having a, a nice whiskey to go with it. The wife looks and says, "The hell you will. You're not gonna be smoking a cigar. You're not gonna have a drink." The guy looked almost like he wanted to put his head between his tail, like he was a reprimanded canine. Again, I thought to myself, "Dump the wife." Long story short a little bit later on I'm at the bar who comes up to me he does and he says you know I really want I'd, I'd love to enjoy a cigar and I'd love to enjoy a spirit and in fact you know problem is got the wife that she's kind of like uh, up my ass all the time and I looked at him straight up and I said change wives dead straight no no smile I said change wives that guy replies to me trust me I've thought about it more so lately than ever. And I looked at him and I said, you're an adult. I said, does your wife work? No. You paid a mortgage in the house? Yep. She go out and ask you what to do when she goes shopping or with her girlfriends or travel? Nope. So what the hell are you asking her for? Grow a set. It's exactly what I told him. And he looked at me and said, you're exactly right. Now, I have no idea if this guy's going to file for divorce, but I do know this. He is going to grow a set. Because I could tell he went back to his wife, and I could just notice from afar she was not happy, but he actually looked very decisive. Like, I'm going to enjoy a cigar, and I'm going to have a spirit, and you're not going to say anything about it. And this is exactly what we need more of. We don't have enough of this. So fans are lashing out at Nick Jonas. Now, we have several sound bites. Now, Sergeant Steve, I think we're going to be tight on time to hit these sound bites, correct? Correct. Okay. Okay. So what we'll do is we'll save those for the bottom of the hour right when we return. But suffice it to say, this story is exemplary of what we see from people that are not educated about cigars, about spirits, about us enjoying our lives. We live in a nanny state culture where the enemies of pleasure, these nanny do-gooders, have this just explosive desire to dictate the terms of our consumption. And it's not anymore just cigars and spirits and steak. Now, all of a sudden, if you want to travel by air, oh, we're going to plane shame you. You drive in a car that has fossil fuel, we're going to shame you. This is nothing more than about control. Climate change, junk science, is not an existential threat to humanity. When people say, oh, we've got literally, scientists say five, seven years, that's a load of nonsense. This is all about control. And what we are seeing more so than ever the last, I would say, 15, 20 years are a small group of elected politicians and non-elected bureaucrats that want to control our lives. When they have control, they have the power. Look at all these socialist countries. If they control the economy and they control consumption, they control you. As alphas, as educated Americans, educated worldwide citizens, because we have many listeners around the globe, we are smart enough to realize what exactly is taking place. So when all of a sudden these people start shaming a celebrity because he enjoys cigars, he's on the cover of magazine without any knowledge, this is the brainwashing That has been taking place. Kids are getting brainwashed about cigars, about spirits, about meat consumption, now about climate. We'll play the sound bites from The View about this around the corner. The Cigar Dave
0: Officers Club selection for September is the Placencia Almadel Combo. This complex smoke is creamy with a touch of spice. The Placencia Almadel Campo has notes of coffee and nuts while leaving a lasting impression on your palate. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. It's the General Cigar
1: Dave. Now, if the Gypsy Kings were on the cover of a magazine smoking cigars, I'm all for it. Nick Jonas, not such a fan. But nonetheless, the point being is it should be no big deal because Nick Jonas likes cigars and wants to be is not afraid to be associated publicly with being a cigar connoisseur but apparently some of his fans had some issues with it on the view wednesday with that lovely cast oh jeez let's start off with Megan McCain i did not realize Megan McCain enjoys cigars here's what she had to say about the nick jonas uh, issue being on the cover of Cigar Aficionado.
3: Well, I put
0: a picture of myself smoking a cigar up a few, like a week ago. Like having, I didn't even know any of this was
4: going on, and uh-huh.
0: people really have a problem with people smoking cigars. And my answer is John Boehner's answer:
5: It's a legal additive that people do to relax. I'm a grown-ass woman. He's a grown-ass man.
4: Leave them alone. <laughs> all the time anymore no one's ever allowed to do any no drinking no smoking cigars no
0: fun. it's trump's america (laughs) leave him alone he's married to priyanka chopra living his best life
1: now i agree with everything she said what's the problem I do have an issue where she says I'm supposed to give up all vices. No, she should say these are pleasurable activities that I enjoy that nobody should apologize for. They're not vices. That's what I get that that angers me and perturbs me when people say, well, I got a few vices. Or I tell people, yeah, I enjoy cigars, enjoy spirits. Oh, you got a, you got a lot of vices. I looked at them, I say, no, I don't. Those are all pleasurable activities, pleasurable uh, pursuits for me. They are not vices. I don't apologize for that. And then they go and say, well, you know what, that makes sense. Now, Sonny Hostin, also on there, talking about being a role model and what the his fans had to say.
4: I've always had a problem with, you know, people idolize these folks and, and, and they look up to them as role models. And then when they do something that they don't feel is role model appropriate, then they come and they crash on them. And then they want to cancel them due to this cancel culture that we all talk about.
1: And that's exactly what we live in. Now, all of a sudden, if somebody makes a statement, now there is a an absolute double standard. If a liberal or Democrat makes a statement. Somebody That could be somewhat uh, uh, disrespectful, or it could be a statement that is offensive. As long as they apologize, everything is fine. If it's a conservative Republican, no, 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 no. We're going to cancel your show. We're going to cancel your, 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 uh, your life. We're going to cancel every, every modicum of opportunity to earn a living. We are going to destroy your life. And we've got to get over that in this country. Look, there are things that certain people say where I disagree. They could be offensive. But if that's what they think, then fine. Let them think that. I always say, I like knowing who my enemies are. I'd rather have somebody be right up and tell me what they think rather than somebody say something behind my back. Always good to know who your enemies are. When somebody smiles, and believe me, I've worked for plenty of people long ago, where they would smile at you and look and say, "You are great. You're wonderful. I Everything's mean, fantastic." And then three minutes later, when you have left the room, man, they've got a ten foot long knife. They're sticking right in your back or up somewhere else. You can spot those uh, those people a mile away. I'd rather have somebody that's straight up and says, "Hey, here's what I think. Here's what I feel. Great, fine, no problem. I can respect that." But this is what we live in. All of a sudden, Nick Jonas has a passion has a pursuit enjoying cigars that many of his fans dislike they don't agree with so now all of a sudden they've got to criticize him and and, and threaten I'm not going to buy your music I'm not going to listen so don't do it who cares who cares you cannot live for other people you have to live for yourself Whoopi Goldberg a former cigarette smoker here's what she had to say as a former smoker uh, I think people need to just relax. <laughs> don't
3: do, go ahead. No, I didn't, don't do it. Well, because because
0: you know, listen. I know that you know smoke is not good for me. People find out for themselves what works for them, and you got to let folks walk. You got to let them do it. You can't live life for them. As a matter of fact, everyone who's watching
4: this thing, he shouldn't be doing this. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Right? How are you living? Yeah. Where are you at? So, you know, just let us all let us all
0: make our mistakes and we'll come together and figure it out.
1: Now, I don't think that's making a mistake because he enjoys his cigar, but Whoopi's right saying, Look, let people think for themselves, let them do for themselves. But unfortunately, we live in this nanny state culture where everybody's a boss. Everybody has to tell everybody else how to live. And don't you notice the ones that are the first to wag their fingers and tell you how to live their lives have the most miserable, pathetic, loser lives of anyone that you know? And that's one of the reasons why they enjoy being uh, the like a nanny in a nanny state while they enjoy being an enemy of pleasure, because the only pleasure they derive is from making others miserable because their life is so sad, pitiful, and pathetic. Last but not least, talking about sad, pitiful, and pathetic, and a real bow-wow, woof-woof as well, Joy Behar. One of the uh, last in the, uh, one of the, uh, there's five, I think, on The View. Joy Behar has been there forever. Actually, I think her name is a misnomer, Joy. Joy. She should be renamed Misery Behar or Miserable Behar. She is always in a perpetual state of misery. She's miserable. She is nasty. She's uh, just beyond, beyond the pale of being civil. And how she remains on this show is beyond me. She's irritating and just grating. And I can't even stand watching her, just looking at her is repulsive to me this is what not joy behar but misery behar had to say about this whole nick jonas cigar cover incident
3: you know what you know him he's like about cigars he's got they like disgusting no, they're to not. around they're disgusting no they're not it's like everybody <laughs> who smokes a cigar must smell like rush limbaugh must smell <laughs> <it>. <laughs> okay they're just disgusting all, they, they make, pollute the air around make, you
1: No, what's disgusting is Joy Behar, or Misery Behar. She is disgusting. She's a dog. She is... She's not funny. At one time, she was supposedly a comedian. Not funny. She's miserable. She's got a stick up her ass. She has absolutely no decorum whatsoever. The fact of the matter is, she... Talking about cigars, disgusting. Look in the mirror, sweetheart. Look in the mirror. You're not exactly what I would consider to be a prize, a beauty queen. I don't know. Let's see, how old is Joy Behar? Wait a minute. Let me see something here. Misery Behar. Let me see if I can do a quick search here. Let's see how, uh, let's see. She's 76. Actually, that's pretty good. I thought she was more around 86. Miserable. Has been miserable for a long time time no wonder she's been divorced twice can't keep a husband would you want to be married to that oh geez you know what can you imagine every morning having to wake up to her hit that sound bite once again and just listen to her voice how grating it is you know what you know him he's
3: like, about cigars he's, he's not so disgusting
5: no they're around. not they're disgusting no they're not it's like everybody who <laughs> right, that disgusting.
1: disgusting joy you are disgusting you're You are the one that should look in the mirror. Cigars don't pollute the air around you. Cigars create an incredible aroma that wafts pleasantly around you. And uh, she took a dig at uh, Rush Limbaugh. "Ah, I smell like Rush Limbaugh. Well, I can tell you one thing. I enjoy cigars. I have never once had someone come up to me and say, "Ow, you stink." Ninety-nine point nine percent women have come up to me while I'm smoking a cigar, saying, "Oh." The aroma reminds me of my father. My grandfather reminds me of an uncle. And then they proceed to say, they sniff and they say, what cologne are you wearing? That smells great. Oh, well, today I'm wearing Bulgari. Or I'm wearing Aqua de Gio. Or I'm wearing Dunhill Fresh. I have never once had someone say to me, oh, you smell like cigars. You smell terrible. People that smoke cigarettes, you can smell them 20 feet away people that smoke cigars forget it because what's one of the important rules for all alpha males especially those that are cigar connoisseurs we always wear cologne men if you do not, do not wear cologne the number one requested item from women of their men wearing cologne I don't care if you go out and get high karate jade east or aqua velva wear it you'll still smell better than if you do not have cologne it is part of being a refined alpha male you gotta look the part dress well Speak well, be intelligent, and you have to smell like an alpha. Have that nice cologne scent that wafts as you walk. Trust me, you will get noticed. Happens to me all the time. So three out of the four women of The View say, so yeah, let, let them enjoy it. What's the big deal? Joy Behar, it's disgusting. They pollute the air around you. The only thing being polluted is when Joy Behar opens her mouth with her pablum puke. Enough of Joy Behar. Enough of the view. As far as I'm concerned, you want to enjoy a cigar? So be it. Enough's enough. Speaking of cigars, at the Premium Cigar Association Convention in Vegas, end of June, early July, during our exclusive video coverage on the show floor, we spent time in the Alec Bradley booth, and one of the new cigars that they were Debuting at the convention is Gatekeeper. It is a common project between Alec and Bradley Rubin, the sons of founder Alan Rubin, teamed up with cigar legend and veteran Ernesto Perez Carillo to create the first regular production Alec and Bradley. You have to remember that last year when they introduced the Alec and Bradley Blind Faith that is a limited yearly release. Gatekeeper features an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, filler from Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic. It is beautiful. Why did they call it Gatekeeper? Because as Alec and Bradley said to me, has explained that when they work with Ernesto, it opened new doors for them. And Ernesto is kind of a gatekeeper to new opportunities and experiences. So they named it Gatekeeper. Fabulous cigar, a lot of flavor, more of a medium-plus to full-flavored cigar, very rich, a lot of flavor, made down at the La Alianza factory in República Dominicana. Four sizes, a Corona, a Robusto, a Toro, and a Gordo, which is a Magnum, six inches in length with a 60 ring gauge. Suggested retail between 8.75 and 12.25. Delicious cigar, you will start seeing that this week week at your local cigar retailer. Another cigar that was introduced in 2014 by Alec Bradley, but that was off the market for a while, is the Alec Bradley Nicapuro Diamond Rough Cut. It is a 6-inch by 54 ring gauge Nicaraguan Puro. Same blend as the rest of the Nicapuro line, meaning it is Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler. When we say a Puro, whether it is a Nicaraguan Puro a Mexican puro, a Honduran puro, or a Dominican puro. Puro means all from, it's pure, all from the same country. All the tobaccos from the same country. So a Nicaraguan puro, the wrapper, filler, binder, all from Nicaragua. And this particular cigar, what makes this different, the diamond rough cut, is that there is an extra leaf of strong Lajero tobacco in the filler. The Lajero is the strongest part of the cigar tobacco leaf. Lajero gives you a lot of flavor, a lot of richness. So when you add that extra leaf, it brings a lot more strength, personality, and flavor to the cigar. What makes this Alec Bradley Nica Puro Diamond Rough Cut unique, not just the extra Lajero tobacco, but it's pressed into a very unique diamond shape. Limited edition cigar Made with a special cigar mold down at the Placencia factory in Nicaragua, they only are able to produce 1,500 boxes per run. 16 count boxes, 1,500 boxes. They're shipping next week. Suggested retail is about nine and a half dollars per cigar. When they are gone, they are gone until the next batch. Comes up, but a very nice cigar. The Nikapuro, one of those lines that there's so many great cigars from Alec Bradley. The Nikapuro sometimes gets lost in the shuffle, but a very, very delicious cigar. All right, we will take a short time out when we come back. We will hit the sound bites. Oh, wait, we did hit the sound, Sergeant Steve. We did hit the sound bites, so we're going to save the other sound bites for Boris Johnson next hour. I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, that's right. When we come back, the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. I'm getting ahead of myself or behind myself, whatever it is. I'm not on track here. But we will get back on track. National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony around the corner.
0: The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Cigar Day. Day.
5: America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org.
1: The selections in the Cigar Dave Officers Club receive rave reviews from our members, and for good reason. We send out fantastic cigars, the latest and greatest to our members, new cigars, unique cigars, incredible vertical samplers of cigars, and we have a great selection for September 2019, we are featuring the Placencia Alma del Campo. It is a beautiful Nicaraguan puro, Nicaraguan wrapper, filler and binder. The wrapper is a beautiful milk chocolatey brown wrapper with some nice notes of cocoa, cedar, some beautiful notes of coffee. Your taste buds will absolutely love the Plasencia Alma del Campo. Become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club and get great cigars every month. Three great cigars like the Placencia del Campo sent directly to you. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join my Officers Club and enjoy great cigars.
0: With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers.
1: Since we were talking about the new Alec Bradley Gatekeeper shipping this week, I figured why not just enjoy an Alec Bradley Gatekeeper. I got a stash of them brought back from the Premium Cigar Association convention last uh, late June, early July in Las Vegas beautiful cigars. so I have just pulled out the Gordo 6 inches in length, 60 ring gauge meaning 60, 64, an inch almost an inch in diameter beautiful cigar that is a collaboration as I mentioned between Alec and Bradley Rubin of Alec Bradley Cigars and Ernesto Perez Guerrillo fabulous cigar Ecuadorian Habano wrapper Ernesto loves working with that wrapper for good reason, great flavor great construction, Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan and Dominican filler, medium plus to full flavored on this particular cigar, just a beautiful stick, goes nicely with a medium or full flavored bourbon or American whiskey, cannot go wrong, suggested retail for this Gordo 1225, again, the line of four different sizes between 875 and 1225.
0: Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device.
1: Well, for a magnum sized cigar, 60 ring gauge, almost an inch in diameter, you need a big double-edged stainless steel guillotine, and that's exactly what I have in my hand.
0: Maximum BTU flame throwing and heat producing apparatus.
1: I have got the Cigar Dave Mala Make America Tate Again, beautiful lighter from our R&D laboratories. And I have to tell you, I am sure that all the 10 Democrat candidates that were on the debate stage night before last, I am sure will be very upset that I am burning fossil fuel, even though butane is very clean, it's a clean gas, they'd be very, very upset. And I just realized I am upset because, hold on one second, I need to get over here right from my storage case I'm out of butane I just looked at the tank and it's got a nice big indicator on the tank so I'm going to fill this up as we speak wait a minute it's got a magnificent big tank on here and I've got pure butane you got to make sure it's purified all right I've got it filled up now now I'm officially ready to continue Guard- cigar
0: pre-litation checklist complete no faults detected area clear of all enemies of pleasure Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one.
1: Got one more cut here. There we go. Now, I'm sure there's a reason I'm a five-star general. If I was a private, I would have been nervous. My butane tank isn't filled. How could I allow that to happen? Fear not. Every good general has not only a secondary plan, but a tertiary plan. Not one. Not two backups, a third backup just in case. Actually, I had two other lighters, but I really wanted to use my Mala. So I reached over, filled it, and I'm going to gently toast the foot of this beautiful Alec Bradley, or actually, the gatekeeper. This is from their the, Allen, uh, uh, the Alec and Bradley division of Alec Bradley, if you will. So... This gatekeeper, beautiful looking cigar. Beautiful wrapper, nice oily shine to it. Beautiful construction. One thing, Ernesto makes fantastic cigars. And when I talked to Alan, or Alec and, and Bradley, they told me how many iterations they went through till they finally got it right. And when they did give me some sample cigars early on to try, oh, probably late 2018, it definitely needed some work, but they hit it right on the head. Very nice blend as I puff and rotate. All right, and as I do that, Sergeant Steve, hit the libation liner. Scotch, bourbon, and
0: beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers.
1: Okay, cigar's now lit. The second of my four American whiskeys I will enjoy for National Bourbon Heritage Month as we celebrate American whiskeys is Maker's 46 from Maker's Mark. Now, what is unique about Maker's Mark, about this Kentucky bourbon? Well, first of all, Their mash bill. Instead of using rye, they use no rye in the mash bill. They use red winter wheat along with corn, 70% corn, 16% red winter wheat, 14% malted barley. And what is unique about the Maker's 46, aged a little bit longer, and they use vanilla oak staves, about 10 of them, in the barrel. And it is very, very smooth. I will say cheers. Take a sip. Wow. Maker's 46. Maker's Mark is great. A small batch whiskey, but I'll tell you what. The Maker's 46 finished with the oak staves. Gives it a nice vanilla-like taste. Extremely smooth. So two out of the four bourbons or American whiskeys are now officially sampled. Two more to go. We'll do the other two in our number two right around the corner.
0: This is AMEN, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network.
1: Well, all of my alpha male pleasures are providing ample amounts of enjoyment. My Alec Bradley Gatekeeper Cigar, absolutely fantastic. I just finished off the remaining portion of Maker's 46 Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey that I had in my whiskey snifter, and I have two more different American whiskeys I will enjoy in this hour. As we celebrate National Bourbon Heritage Month, the first hour, we sample two different whiskeys. I started off with the Main Craft Distilling 50 Stone Highland Style Whiskey, delicious. The Maker's 46, and this hour, we'll have the Jefferson's Ocean Aged at Sea, Voyage 17. And in the last half hour of the show, the Clyde Mays Alabama Style Whiskey, fabulous. Great accompaniments to my Alec Bradley Gatekeeper. As always, we welcome you back. Don't forget, follow me on social media. Go to cigardave.com, upper right hand corner. You will see the links, the graphics, the logos of Twitter, Facebook. YouTube, Instagram, make sure that you follow us along, especially Twitter. That's where I am most active. But we do hit the other social media platforms as well. Just make sure you bookmark CigarDave.com. And don't forget, if you have not downloaded the Cigar Day mobile app, what the hell are you waiting for? I wrote the app. Don't tell me about the app. I wrote the app. Actually, I did not. As Brad Sanders, he may have wrote the bill, but I did not write the app. However, the app is fantastic, and you should absolutely download it. You can listen to the show live noon to 2 Eastern time. With our live stream, it continuously plays in a loop 24-7 throughout the week. And also we post all of our archives as well as links to our social media and YouTube. So do a search in the Google Play Store or the uh, Apple uh, App Store, Cigar Dave, and you can download it. Speaking of Barad Santa's. If you saw the debate last uh, two nights ago on ABC, Bernard Sanders looked extremely disheveled. He looked extremely angry. I thought his eyes were going to pop out of his head. Sergeant Steve, did you notice that? I don't know if you caught that yesterday. I know that you were uh, involved. I think you were at the baseball game, the Rays game. But did you catch any of Bernard Sanders in the debate? Uh, yeah, he was going nuts. He was. Were- He was out of control. I mean, I understand that I think he had a cold or some sort of upper respiratory infection, but he was hunched over. I thought his eyes were going to come popping out. He was red. I mean, he was, he was, and and when they asked him a question, when Jose, Jose, excuse me, as but said this, I have a problem pronouncing Spanish names. Jorge is Jorge, Jorge Ramos. Bernard Sanders cannot pronounce Spanish. He could pronounce New York do a Brooklyn accent, but he can't do a Spanish accent. However, Bernard Sanders was asked a question by Jorge Ramos about, would you criticize, would you call Maduro a brutal, brutal dictator? And of course, he kind of sidestepped the question, sidestepped the answer. But Bernard Sanders, instead of saying the guy is an absolute, just brutal, terrible dictator, he's a just a criminal. He should not be in power. He, ref- he did say he was you know he was uh, brutal and that he was uh, inhumane, but he kind of stopped short of really giving it to him. Why? Because, remember, Bernard is a Democrat socialist, and he likes socialism, and he thinks Venezuela's great, running out of toilet paper, running out of food, food rations, and speaking of running out of things in Cuba. Because of the embargo and other uh, various um, sanctions against Venezuela, Cuba, running out of diesel fuel, they are going to have to intermittently shut power off. And he said the uh, current president may as well be one of the Castros. But the current president of Cuba came out and said we're expecting a shipment, I think, September 14th or 16th or uh, Uh, maybe today was, or I think maybe later in the week, saying, but prepare, expect that we are going to have some shortages. That's great. Communism, socialism, what a great system. Works fabulous. But Bernie, man, I thought he was going to just explode, his eyes coming out of his head, everybody just kind of going after him. But overall, I I I get a kick out of all these people talking about the existential climate change. It's the number one challenge that we will all face. And Elizabeth Warren, I believe, stating something like it is the number one uh, 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 item, uh, foreign policy item or some other nonsense. And I'm thinking to myself, let's eliminate every fossil fuel tomorrow. Let's say it could happen. How are you going to fuel airplanes? How are you going to fuel trains? They all talk about trains. Trains do not operate on nuclear power, and very few are on electric. Oh, and speaking of electricity, if you want to have trains running on electric, rechargeable batteries, and you want to have cars all being rechargeable electric vehicles, you must recharge them. What powers, what do you need in order to be able to recharge your car? You need power generation, electrical generation. You need to build build more power plants. What do power plants primarily run on? Natural gas and coal. We have not built a new nuclear power plant in, I don't know, 25, 30 years. Coal being phased out. Natural gas is clean. We have more natural gas. In fact, I think I saw that last month, we were the number one exporter, the United States number one exporter of oil in the world beating Saudi Arabia. Think about that for a second. Think about that. Number one exporter. We're producing so much, whether it is oil, natural gas, that we're able to export and be the number one exporter in the world. Natural gas is clean. It's a clean, efficient fuel. But all of a sudden, they want all this electric-powered cars, all these electric-powered cars, but yet they don't address how are you going to generate the power to be able to recharge the cars that's what they never tell you and not one member on the panel of, of of any of the debate panels from the media says wait a minute let me ask you all a question you want every vehicle on the road to be electrically powered and you want to remove all fossil fuel vehicles how are you going to power? How are you going to recharge those? You need power stations. We'll have a massive toll on the grid if all of a sudden, what, 70 million, 80 million cars are off the road, replaced by electrically powered rechargeable vehicles. You think our electrical grid can handle that? We don't have the power generation stations to be able to handle that. You can't build nuclear. They don't want coal. They don't want natural gas. How the hell are you going to have? You're going to go out? and hire billions and billions of mice, as Bernard Sanders would say, and put them on little uh, treadmills and have them generate power that way, that's not going to work. Nobody ever wants to address that. So all this pie-in-the-sky fantasy, we're going to eliminate fossil fuels within 10 years, as Bernard Sanders said, not going to happen. And yet, while everyone else will have to stop using fossil fuels to power their vehicles. That won't stop any of these politicians from flying privately, and there's nothing wrong with flying privately. It's a fabulous way to go. But they'll continue to fly privately. They'll continue to be uh, 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 chauffeured around in the presidential beast in a limo that is fueled by fossil fuel. So it's all pie in the sky. And again, do as I say, not as I do. Bernie Sanders, part of his deal with the Hillary Clinton campaign, I need to have a private aircraft, a private jet to take me around to campaign for you. That's the deal. Now, Mr. Bernard Sanders, who's worried about climate crisis and who believes in socialism, that the billionaires and billionaires and zillionaires... And by the way, have you noticed he doesn't go after the billionaires anymore? It's all the billionaires. Why does he not go after billionaires? Remember, it used to be, the billionaires, billionaires, the trillionaires. Why does he no longer go after millionaires? Because Bernard Sanders is a millionaire, as he likes to say. So all of a sudden, it's okay for him to be a millionaire, but not okay for everyone else. It's okay for him to travel privately and burn all sorts of fossil fuel, travel in style, but it's not okay for anyone else. This is the blatant hypocrisy. And watching that debate, ten before you, you could have called it the Ten Stooges, Ten Stooges, and Robert Francis Beta Male O'Rourke, another absolute loser. He's got to stop with the spastic hand generations. Have you ever noticed the guy cannot talk unless he is making these up and down bobbing gesture gestures? It's like the guy's got a bob up and down his head. He's like a bobblehead. That's what we ought to just call him, Bobblehead Beta Male O'Rourke. So pie in the sky, definitely got a kick out of, uh, out of all of the comments that they had to make. All right, speaking of politics, this is a classic. Vice President Mike Pence, in the place of President Donald J. Trump, went over to the UK to meet with Boris Johnson. Actually, he was meeting, he had a, a President Trump had a previously planned trip, but because of the hurricane, Hurricane Dorian decided that he would stay put because at that time there was a real threat. It could hit uh, Florida in a big way, and it did hit the East Coast, and it did cause flooding and damage. Decided he wanted to stay, so Vice President Mike Pence dispatched to Europe, to Iceland, and to Britain in his place. So just over a week ago, the new Prime Minister of Great Britain, the UK, Boris Johnson, Bojo as we shall call him, meets with Vice President Mike Pence. Take a listen to how he welcomed Vice President Pence to 10 Downing Street.
4: Good afternoon, everybody. Mike, Vice President, have a seat. Thank you so much. Well, it's fantastic to welcome you to Number 10. Mr. Vice President, Mike, great to, great to, great to have you here. And uh, I had an absolutely wonderful time uh, with the G7 and uh, with President Trump talking about all the things that uh, we're gonna try to do together trade, all that, and I uh, hope very much to take that forward uh, today in our discussions.
2: All right, well, hold uh, on
4: right there, Sergeant
1: uh, Steve. Have a seat. I-, I like what he says. Ha, fanta- welcome, welcome to 10 Have a seat. Fantastic. Just fantastic. A- absolutely marvelous time. Just, just, just absolutely fantastic time with, with, with President Trump. Just fantastic. Have a seat. Just have a seat, Vice President Mike. So just the initial, so different than the former Prime Minister, Theresa May. He's very Trump-esque. He's just a normal kind of guy, but just hearing him saying, ah, yes, welcome. They, they did their talk. Have a seat. Ah, just fantastic. Good to have you here. Fantastic. All right, continue. Thank you for such a warm welcome. Absolutely. Great to see you. And a very busy time here in the United Kingdom. Always busy. I'm, I'm always grateful busy for, your always. for your hospitality. Always busy. Always busy. For always busy. I spoke to President Trump this morning, your friend, and he asked me to send you his very best greetings uh, and to assure you that the United States supports the United Kingdom's decision to leave the European Union, but he also wanted me to convey that the United States is ready, willing, and able to immediately negotiate a free trade agreement with the UK. Fantastic. 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 I cannot wait for that free trade agreement. Fantastic. But Boris Bojo brings up several, several very important items that are currently under tariff that he would like to export into the United States, several food products and another interesting product. So let's listen to Boris and see what he has to say. Absolutely fantastic.
4: And we will drive that uh, free trade agreement forward. Of course, uh, the, the US economy is a, is a wonderful, massive uh, uh, opportunity for the UK firms, but it is it still the case that, you know, you, the, the United States of America, the people of the United States of America do not eat any British lamb or, or beef uh, or eat a haggis uh, from Scott, I think there, there are still barriers to uh, trade in shower trays.
1: Oh no, shower trays we, mu- we can't have that shower trays. Americans must have our British shower trays, our lamb, our beef, our haggis. They're barriers to entry. It's fantastic we want to do a new a new trade deal, but the Americans are being are not able to enjoy some of our great products. Now, lamb. Okay, fine. I have no problem importing British lamb. Have you ever had British beef? Sergeant Steve, have you ever had British beef?
2: I have not. They don't well, import Mick it Brit- here, so I, I've never had it.
1: That's correct. I have, and Mick the Brit has. It is. There's a reason Mick the Brit, whenever he comes to the United States, always orders massive numbers of steaks. And the reason is the beef in England, in the U.K., is like eating solid Rawhide, you may as well eat the, just take the, the side, the, the skin of a cow, and just burn it to a crisp, because that's what beef from Britain tastes like. Now, Sergeant Steve, have you ever had haggis? British haggis, I say. I have not. Do you know what British haggis is? I do not. Oh, good. Do I want to I'm know? To, you do not want to know, and no American should ever want to eat haggis. Haggis is a scottish dish consisting of a sheep's or calf's offal mixed with suet oatmeal and seasoning boiled in a bag traditionally one made from the animal's stomach now sergeant steve now that you know what haggis is do you know what a calf or sheep's offal is no you do not know what offal is ah let me explain to you So all our American friends know exactly what haggis, what offal is, a product, a ingredient which is in haggis. Offal is the entrails and internal organs of an animal used as food. So, for example, the internal organs, the refuse, the waste material, the decomposing animal flesh, that is what is in haggis. Additionally, Sergeant Steve, do you know what suet is? S-U-E-T. No. Suet is the hard white fat on the kidneys and loins of cattle or sheep. Now, does not haggis sound absolutely delicious? Now, do you know exactly, do you know what entrails are? Yes. Okay, we talked about ophers. Entrails, what are are, uh, entrails? This is not a quiz, but I'm just, if you could repeat what entrails are.
0: How do you describe that? Uh, I'll,
1: ex- I'll describe it for you. An animal's intestines. Yes. Internal organs. So basically, you have offal, which are the entrails, or the intestines of an animal, the internal organs. You have the Scottish dish consisting of a sheep's or calf's offal. Again, the intestines mixed with suet, the hard white fat, oatmeal seasoning, boiled in a bag, traditionally made from the animal's stomach, and when it is served, when you look at it, it has a very unique look to it. It almost looks like a giant intestine filled with all sorts of filler material. Haggis is not exactly a food product that is in high demand here in these United States.
0: I think I'll become a vegan.
1: Yes, exactly, Haggis. But the way he said it, Oh, you know, Americans uh, unfor- are not exposed, are not, cannot enjoy some great lamb or beef and haggis, as if Americans want to eat that British or Scottish delicacy. How many of you would like to eat haggis, the Scottish dish consisting of a sheep or calf's intestines and internal organs mixed with hard white fat, oatmeal, seasoning, boiled in a bag, made from an animal's stomach? The answer is nobody. Now, I'm sure Mick the Brit would say, oh, General, it's fantastic. We'd very much enjoy uh, uh, haggis. It's delicious. And clearly, Prime Minister Bojo Boris Johnson loves haggis. It's fantastic, haggis. But Sergeant Steve, something that's of extreme importance to you and I and every other American, that we are not able to consume without massive tariffs, and that is British shower trays. Yes, I, I don't know how I survive in the morning taking my shower without one. The, the mere fact that he would bring up British sh- shower... Tra- I mean, like, what... I, I just... what I, Was it like a soap dish? I mean, I, I'm looking at this thing. A, a British shower tray is basically a, a... It's like this porcelain... It's like a shower enclosure almost. I mean, it's... it's you put it on the bottom of of your sh- i i i don't know all i know is everybody has just survived fine using regular the bottom of their shower their bathtub whatever i don't think there is a big demand for british shower trays at first i thought when he meant shower tray like a soap dish or whatever but apparently these are big shower trays that go on the bottom and they're very ornate and they're they're very elegant but have you ever once said, "Geez, you know, I wish in my bathroom I could have a British shower tray." Have you ever thought that? I didn't know they existed. I did not either. I did not either. Sergeant Steve, let's hit that soundbite one more time—that last soundbite from British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, Bojo—and you'll see. And one we would drive
4: that uh, pre trade agreement forward, of course. Uh, the, the U.S. economy is a is a wonderful, massive. Uh, uh, opportunity for, for UK firms, but is it still the case that, you know, you, the, the United States of America, the people of the United States of America, do not eat any British lamb or or beef uh, uh, or haggis uh, from Scotland? I think the, there are still barriers to uh, trade in shower trays, if you believe it.
1: Let's all, let's make sure we have a permanent barrier of entry of any British or Scottish haggis, whatever we do. Sergeant Steve, let's post a picture of haggis and show what it looks like in the stomach uh it it just it it just and it's kind of cut open there's a picture you'll find when you do a search and it's you can see what it looks like now i'm sure to people that enjoy haggis it's delicious but now that i know what is in haggis intestines uh calf stomach i'm not interested in eating it and as fantastic as british shower trays are i'm sure we can all do just fine we'll survive without them great barriers to entry and even if there were no tariffs i have a feeling there would not be a big rush on british meat british lamb british haggis and british shower trays but i do admire prime minister boris johnson's immense enthusiasm fantastic fantastic americans should be able to enjoy our great haggis our lamb our beef and you know shower trays how can we have barriers to entry of shower trays? American want their British shower trays. We will continue around the corner. When I come back, we've got some other cigar news that we will get to. A couple of emails. Boeing, once again, in the news. Not in a good way. Toxic femininity all coming your way. And I just realized I didn't have my libation, my Jefferson Ocean, my bourbon this hour. But don't worry, I'll have two in the next half hour to make up for it. Not a problem.
0: The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection for September is the Placencia Almadel Campo. This complex smoke is creamy with a touch of spice. The Placencia Almadel Campo has notes of coffee and nuts, while leaving a lasting impression on your palate. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club.
1: Bond, James Bond, the original Bond, Sean Connery, the best Bond ever. There were other good Bonds, but Sean Connery, the best ever. Well, one of the Bonds, Pierce Brosnan, who played, played James Bond in the 1990s, echoed or, I should say, stated his desire to see what the next James Bond should look like. And I can tell you that I disagree with him 180 degrees. He said to the Hollywood Reporter, quote, I think we've watched the guys do it for the last 40 years. Get out of the way, guys, and put a woman up there. I think it would be exhilarating. It would be exciting. I don't think that's going to happen with the Broccolis. I don't think that is going to happen under their watch. The Broccoli family owns the screen rights to Ian Fleming's character, But the upcoming James Bond movie 25 called No Time to Die will be Daniel Craig's last movie as portraying the British spy James Bond 007. Thankfully, he was horrible. Didn't like cigars. Just no charisma, no personality. But now they're saying that in this hashtag Me Too movement, perhaps a woman, and there was was word that a British actress Lashana Lynch could be named as a possible future James Bond. Jane Bond, whatever you want to call it. Jeanette Bond. But as far as I'm concerned, this is an absolute outrage. James Bond is a male, an alpha male, a womanizing male. End of discussion. I don't care what movement, Me Too, You Too, Us three, ten five. I don't care. James Bond is a heterosexual alpha male. Now, if you want to come up with some other Bond-type character, call it another name, maybe make it agent whatever, 009LGBTQ, I don't have a problem with it, but not James Bond. The Bond franchise, alpha male, heterosexual male, men. And I don't care what the ethnic composition or the color of the man is, but it must absolutely be a male Heterosexual who enjoys cigars, spirits, gamblings, uh, gambling, the alpha male lifestyle. You want to have a female to portray one of the MI6 agents? Great. Call it something else. But in no way, shape, or form should be should she be considered to be a bond. End of discussion. All right. Very quickly here. Of note to those of us that are cigar connoisseurs, one of the beautiful elements of being a cigar connoisseur is when we purchase a box of cigars. The incredible ornate artistry and craftsmanship. We look at the band. We look at the box. It's something you want to have on display. It is a very ornate piece of artwork. Women take old cigar boxes and make them into purses. It's a statement. Now, we know that the FDA has wanted to change the appearance and the size of warning labels on cigars, not only on the box of cigars, perhaps also on a band or a band that would be on the cigar. We have seen Canada, we've seen Indonesia, other countries where they have gone to a no artwork design box, meaning it has a giant warning label on the box. The cigars, the band is just a plain brown or black or white band with basic printing on it saying what the cigar is. So it would say it would say Arturo Fuente Florifina 858. It would say Romeo y Juliet, the Reserva Real. It would say Gurkha Real. It would say Alec and Bradley Gatekeeper. That's it. No design, no colors. That's not what we need here in the United States. The FDA has wanted to require premium cigar companies to put larger health warning labels on their packaging, but the FDA has not finalized the details of their own policy, and this has gone to court. The cigar industry has sued the FDA, and a federal, D.C. federal judge made an initial ruling initially, uh, or initial ruling two days ago. U.S. District Judge Amit P. Mehta said in a court hearing on Thursday, or correction, Wednesday, that there's something unfair about the refusal of the FDA to push off the effective date of this new warning label rule while it mulls new evidence making an industry expend millions of dollars to hurry up and rush to comply while the FDA could still change its mind. What has happened is the FDA has said, we want the cigar companies to put larger warning labels. They want at least 30% of the box. However, they have no rules on what it has to say, what size it has to be, what it has to look like, and during this process where the FDA supposedly is thinking about various rules, they've also opened up a rulemaking on whether or not premium cigars should be excluded from certain FDA regulation. The FDA was given the authority to regulate the cigar industry or deeming the cigar industry in 2006. One of their major mandates... One of their requirements, they want the cigar manufacturers to put large health warning labels on the cigar box. But there's no deadline. They don't know any of the specifics for the warning labels. So how is a cigar manufacturer supposed to even meet a deadline when you don't know what the label should look like, what it must contain, what the size it must be? Basically, the FDA is saying you need to comply with this by a specific date, and that date is, I believe, early next year, but we still don't have the rules done yet. And by the way, we want you to go and spend all this time and effort, even though you don't know what's supposed to be on it, even though you don't know what the size should be or what the colors should be, but we want you to prepare for it and spend money on designing it and implementing it, even though we don't have a date yet. How on earth is Any company, or are any companies supposed to be to follow a rule that is so ambiguous? And the judge came out and said there is something very unfair about the FDA refusing to push off the effective date. Now, think about this for a second. All the FDA has to do is say, look, we are evaluating whether or not we should even be regulating premium cigars or they should be given an exemption. While that's taking place, we are going to put on hold the warning label agenda, the warning label uh, uh, inquiry, the warning label design, because we don't know if it's even going to be, going to have to be implemented in the future. So the FDA is telling cigar manufacturers, nope, you still got to implement this, still do this. And the judge is saying, wait a minute, this is unfair. How are these cigar manufacturers supposed to, number one, comply when they don't know what to comply with, and number two, they may not even be subject to regulation depending on what the FDA and the administration decides after this public uh, comment period that is now closed on whether cigars should even be subject to FDA regulation. Now, the the cigar industry has sued to block the warning. Two different cases involving the FDA right now that the cigar industry is suing them, both of which are, be, are in front of Judge uh, Meta in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia. So there is a delay, or there will be a delay. So it's not a final judgment. The industry still awaits the final decision from the judge on whether or not it will get an extended deadline. He basically just said, look, I think this is unfair. So we're still waiting for that. And this is the murkiness. This is the problem right now. Now, the only good thing that I hope happens here with all this vaping nonsense, I hope the FDA would come out and say, we've got bigger fish to fry. The cigar industry does not market their products to kids. They're consumed in moderation. They're not consumed as a nicotine delivery device. We overstepped our reach initially. We need to back up or do some things that are less impactful on the cigar industry wishful thinking, but I'm hoping that is indeed the case. So we'll see what the judge has to say, because I'll tell you, having to put on these warning labels would be horrible, number one. And number two, how on earth is an industry supposed to comply when they don't know what's supposed to be on it, what the design is supposed to look like, what the size, when the FDA hasn't published any regulations, but then they're saying, no, we're not going to extend the deadline. Typical government bureaucracy. And it is all, it falls under the guise of the head of the FDA's Tobacco Control Division, Mitch Zealot Zeller, an absolute enemy of pleasure, son of a bitch, bastard bureaucrat who basically could care less about jobs, about people's right to make their own decisions, could care less. This man is an absolute zealot. He is an enemy not only of pleasure, he's an enemy of America. He's an unelected, son-of-a-bitch bureaucrat that thinks he has the right to supersede what an administration or what Congress. Do you know that many members of Congress, many representatives in the Senate, couldn't even get a reply from Mitch Zeller? His attitude was, I don't work for you. I could care less. That's the thinking in Washington. The bureaucrats, the deep state runs the government. They run the show. Zealot's got to be taken out, period. Removed from office. He is an absolute travesty. How this SOB has remained at the FDA for so long is beyond me. He must be taken out, period. And when I say taken out, I mean physically removed, fired. Don't look into anything else. Although, uh, I mean, just kidding. Just kidding. We know how people. But this guy aggravates me to no end. He aggravates those of us that are cigar connoisseurs. He aggravates the cigar industry. And he is unelected. Unelected. He's an unelected bureaucrat. And this is the problem. We thought the Trump administration would come in. Scott Gottlieb is the commissioner of the FDA who said the cigar regulations were overboard. You'd think... The administration and the FDA would be able to corral this this, uh, prick and say, stop, enough's enough. You'd think the House and Senate, the senators, the members of the uh, House of Representatives, would be able to get answers from Mitch Zeller. Think again, because the prevailing and pervasive attitude in Washington, the bureaucrats, the deep state, run the asylum. They run the show. Senators come and go, but the bureaucracy stays. This is why... They should be what President Trump is trying to do, drain the swamp, get rid of all the bureaucrats. They ought to move the FDA tobacco control, move them to Alaska, to the northern edges, right across from the border from Russia. I can see Russia from my office. That's where they ought to move them, like they move much of the FDA to the nation's heartland. Mitch Zeller is an absolute enemy, and I am fed up with him, and I know I've gone off the rails on him, but what he is doing to the cigar industry... An industry that does not market to kids, an industry whose products are consumed solely by adults, an industry that in no way, shape, or form places anything in their cigars, any nicotine, any other additives to hook people, doesn't happen again. Cigars, not a nicotine delivery device. But can you explain that? Can you rationalize with Mitch Zeller and the other bureaucrats at the FDA? The answer is no. I am beyond ticked off. I need to cool down. Final and concluding segment. Wait a minute. You know how I'm going to cool down? Wait a minute. I've got my, almost forgot. I've got my bottle of Jefferson's Ocean Aged at Sea, a blend of straight bourbon whiskeys, very, very small batch. And let me tell you about this unique whiskey. Trey Zeller, the uh, co-founder of Jefferson's Ocean of Jefferson's Bourbon. Initially, they had an idea way back. They wanted to start with an experiment: three bourbon barrels on one of Trey Zeller's friends' ships called Osearch, which is does a lot of research around the world, in an effort to discover what would happen. If you place the bourbon barrels on a ship subject to different weather, different temperature fluctuations, the salt air, the rocking, the motion of the ship, well, the initial Jefferson's Ocean Voyage 1 was a huge hit. I now have in my hand Jefferson's Ocean Aged at Sea Voyage 17. And let me tell you about this. And there's actually a little ship's log on here. And Ocean 17 was smooth sailing from start to finish. Air temps never dropped below freezing for most of the trip, hovered in the mid-80s. Downright balmy compared to voyages in the past. With the exception of rough water during three-day passage from Melbourne to Fremantle, seas were uh, slight to moderate. So very, very interesting how this has gone around the Pacific, the China Sea, on it for a number of months, from the United States down to... Uh, Australia over to the China Sea. Just incredible. So I will take a sip here. And this is 90 proof, 45% alcohol by volume. I think the cost on this was about $80 for the bottle. Wow. Woo! Major spice. Major warmth. Major sizzle. Major wood. Major oakiness. Major wood. Can you say that on the air? I would, We think we just did. But Major oakiness from the wood barrel. And what's interesting is you get some of the salt, it almost has a salty type of complexion, maybe from the salt water, the salt air that Im- imbibes into, views into the into the bourbon. But very unique. Definitely a fuller, richer flavor bourbon, but very, very nice. So this is Jefferson's Ocean Age at Sea Voyage number 17. And I still have some of the original Jefferson's Presidential Select 17, which, as Tommy DiAdio from the Davidoff of Geneva Store and Lounge and Corona Cigar Stores told me that that was some of the same juice that was taken from the Buffalo Trace Distillery that was used for another very famous bourbon, Pepe Van Winkle. That's why Tommy, when he saw the bottle, he started drinking it like it was uh, water. I finally had to cut him off. I said, hey, I need some of that. Now that you told me what it is, I need to save that for some special occasions. But this Jefferson's Ocean at Sea Voyage 17, Very full, very rich, a lot of flavor, very pleasant. Final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next without any bureaucrats and enemy, enemies of pleasure.
3: Hi, I'm Rocky Patel. After 15 years of hard work, I'd like to introduce you to the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar made at our factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. This cigar showcases a beautiful, oily Habano wrapper from Ecuador. Fillers from Esteli, Jalapa, and Condega make up a rich, complex, spicy taste with a lot of full flavor. The Decade, another one of our masterpieces. Made in Honduras, beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper with secret fillers. It received a 95 rating, one of the highest-rated cigars ever in cigar aficionado. This medium to full-bodied cigar is rich, complex, yet elegant and well-balanced. Fifteen years ago they thought we'd never make it in the business. Ten years ago they thought we'd never last. Five years ago they started paying attention. Now we're right where we belong, in your hand. So enjoy the 15th anniversary and the decade these cigars will deliver.
1: The selections in the Cigar Dave Officers Club receive rave reviews from our members. And for good reason. We send out fantastic cigars, the latest and greatest to our members, new cigars, unique cigars, incredible vertical samplers of cigars. And we have a great selection for September 2019. We are featuring the Placencia alma del campo it is a beautiful nicaraguan puro nicaraguan wrapper filler and binder the wrapper is a beautiful milk chocolatey brown wrapper with some nice notes of cocoa cedar some beautiful notes of coffee your taste buds will absolutely love the placencia alma del campo Become a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club and get great cigars every month. Three great cigars like the Placencia del Campo sent directly to you. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join my Officers Club and enjoy great cigars. are listening to the air force theme and the reason is next wednesday september 18th it is the united states air force's birthday founded in 1947 the air force celebrates its 72nd birthday it can now what actually starting seven years ago could officially collect social security but the good news is 72 years and still going strong in the wild Blue yonder and a very special snappy salute to all the airmen and women in the United States Air Force. Doing us proud. All right, let me get to two final items here. Uh, Let's see here. I talked about, we've talked about toxic masculinity. We've heard this term, toxic masculinity. All I can tell you is after Hurricane Dorian, when our Coast Guard men and several women as well went in, to the Bahamas' risky weather conditions, to save people, transport people via helicopter, via air to h- hospitals over New Providence and other places. Were they exhibiting toxic masculinity by going into harm's way? They were exhibiting what strong alpha males do, what proper alpha males, gentlemen do, and that is they were going in risking their own lives for the betterment of others. So forget what Gillette has to say about toxic masculinity. Examples of proper masculinity abound all over the place. Alpha masculinity. Hashtag alpha masculinity. But we must call out when there is toxic femininity. They're going to go after items where they deem toxic masculinity. Then let's talk about toxic femininity. And this story pains me to even tell you. Pains me to read a North Carolina woman, Victoria Frabit, 56, looks like she's 96, of Newport, North Carolina, charged by Carteret County deputies after police were called to her and her husband's home 4 a.m. this past Tuesday. She was charged with kidnapping and also charged with malicious castration after tying up her husband and cutting off his pleasure stick, his taliwaka. Oh, the thought of, I'm like scrunching down in pain right now, thinking about this. Police were, and I, this, ugh. police were able to locate the severed penis of James Frabet, age 67, put it on ice, but it remains unclear whether it was reattached. He was photographed and quoted in a 2014 article about a new mental health and substance abuse treatment. He was identified as a peer recovery volunteer, commenting, there's lots of places you can go to be told what steps to take, how to stay clean, but establishing and using those tools doesn't work for everyone, clearly. I'm not sure if he's talking about himself or his wife, but this woman ties him up. How does this guy allow to be tied up unless she did it while he was sleeping or drugged him? and chops off his pleasure stick. Here's another example of toxic femininity. Two Indian women beat two wives beat a man who was seeking a third wife. Polyamory is apparently legal in India, certain spots, and she went after him. Two both of them went after him. This is unconscionable toxic femininity. Women must be called on the carpet when they endanger the health and well-being of men and alpha males. Oh, that poor guy, castrated by that nutcase wife. Cigar Day, the general saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delectatio, always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Screw the bureaucrats. Mitch Zeller at the FDA. And keep haggis out of America. Fantastic. We don't want it.